If you have your Bible this morning, please turn with me to the book of John, chapter 5. Let's go to the Lord in prayer before we begin. Father, we just come to you right now, Lord, and we thank you for your sweet presence that is here. God, we thank you that when we are dry, Lord, you can give us something to drink. Thank you, God, that you can refresh us and fill us. And, Lord, that you're faithful to always show up and be with us. And so, Father, I just call on you today and ask that you would come and fill each and every one of us today before we leave this place to the point that we are just overflowing. I pray that your precious anointing would be here, that it would be made available, Lord, that I might be able to speak in the manner and say the things that you'd have me to do and say. Lord, I ask that you take charge of the rest of this service and that you would have your way in everything, Lord, that no one else's will or or views or opinion would matter, but God, that it's all you. I just submit myself to you right now, Lord. I surrender my own will to yours. I ask that you come and move in our hearts today, Lord. Send your anointing, Father. Lord, you know everyone that is here. You know every need that is here. And I just ask that your Holy Spirit would begin to speak and minister to each and every heart today, just as it is needed, Father. And we thank you and praise you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' holy name, amen. John chapter 5, verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first, after the stirring of the water, was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity thirty-eight years. When Jesus saw him laying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to him, Who was cured? I'm sorry, said to him who was cured, It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. He answered them, He who made me well said to me, Take up your bed and walk. What I want to talk to you about today is something that I know uh, means a lot to me, and I really feel like it's uh, going to mean a lot to all of us. Uh, 
And the question I want to ask you or throw out to you, I guess this is kind of a title if you want to call it that. I always put titles on my paper. I don't always tell you what they are. They don't always mean anything. Uh, But I feel like I have to title it if I'm going to write something. It's just the way I was trained in school, I guess. But what I want to put out there for you today to think about is would you bother to get into the water? Jesus asked this man a very simple, straightforward question in verse 6. He says, do you want to be made well? You would think that would require a very simple and straightforward response. But that's not what the man gave him. Do you want to be made well? You would think, yes. (laughs) Simple answer, right? But this man did not, first of all, did not know who he was talking to. Otherwise, his answer may have been different. He also didn't know what sort of power this man possessed. Otherwise, his answer may have immediately been different. He may not have even required the question to have been asked if he knew who he was and what sort of power he possessed. He may have just hollered and called out to him, Hey, would you heal me? But what this man says is, uh, you know, we would expect him to say, Yes, I want to be made well, but, but that's not what he says. What he says is, Sir, I don't have anyone to put me into the water. I I try to get over there, but somebody always beats me to it. So indirectly, his answer is yes. Otherwise, he wouldn't be trying to get into the water, right? And, And that's why I ask you this question today is, would you bother to get into the water? Because this troubled this man. He, he has been sitting there for all this time wanting to get into the water. He wants to be made well. He, he's been sick with whatever this infirmity is for 38 years. And I know if you have ever struggled with any sort of physical problem, maybe it's even a spiritual or emotional problem, you know you want to be rid of it. And here he is, he's he's dealt with this 38 years and he's trying his best to get to a place that he can be healed. And he can't do it. I don't even know what his expectations were when Jesus asked him this. He probably didn't have any. Here's just another guy. He may have even wondered, why in the world is this guy even asking me that? Why else would I be sitting here by this pool? I do know this. This man recognized that in this water there was something. He didn't even have to know what it was. He just knew there was a potential there to be healed. And because of that, listen to this, because this is what's really important today. Because he saw there was just a little bit of a potential for healing, he was willing to hang out around that pool and try his darndest every time to get down into the pool. Why is that? He wanted to be healed, y'all. In a minute, you're just going to sink into you why I ask you that question. Would you bother to get into the water? And this ain't just about healing today, church. This ain't just about uh, having a physical ailment cured. Because see, in the water, if you want to make this connection, the Holy Spirit, in His presence, there there are things that can happen that don't happen anywhere else. 
there wasn't a place that this man could go to receive healing, but he knew in that water there was a potential for it. Doctors couldn't do anything, but he thought, man, maybe if I can just get there, I could be healed. You see, there was a great hunger and a desire within him to receive healing of whatever it was that ailed him. He wanted to be rid of that. He wanted to have a normal life where he wasn't hindered by that sort of a thing. And so he was doing everything he could to get healing. Now, maybe today you're sitting here and your need is not a physical healing, but you need a touch from God. You need God to stir you in a way He hasn't in a long time. You need God to work in a situation in your life, whatever it may be. It really doesn't matter. Because God's not limited by certain circumstances. There's not one thing that, well, if it would have just been this, we could have done it. No, He can do anything. So it doesn't matter what your circumstance is. I don't, I'm not saying that to sound like I'm indifferent about it. I'm, I'm saying it doesn't matter to God. How big, how little, whatever, He can handle it. Jesus asked him a very simple question. He didn't need to know circumstances. He didn't need to know how long he had sat at the pool. He just said, do you want to be made well? And I want you to know He is saying the same thing to you. He has said the same thing throughout all of eternity. That is His cry to humans. Do you want to be made well? At different points in your life, that has a different answer, has a different meaning because it applies to a different aspect of your life. When you're lost and you don't know Him, His question of do you want to be made well means do you want to be saved. When you're saved and and you're growing in God and He's asking do you want to be made well, it may mean do you want the Holy Spirit? Do you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit? When when you are sick and He says do you want to be made well, it, it is a physical thing. Yes, I want this thing taken care of, whatever it is. When you're having trouble in your family and He says, do you want to be made well? Yes, I want my family to be made whole. Whatever that may mean in your situation, do you understand that question is universal? So this man is healed. Jesus says, take up your bed and walk. Now y'all, you have to kind of put yourself in this guy's position for just a moment. Try to imagine what is happening here. There is a level of faith at work that is not explained in this passage, but it's there. Because this man is paralyzed. He can't get up and walk. 38 years, this man has not been able to get up and walk. But then, the Son of God, who apparently is unknown to this man, asks him if he wants to be made well. He indirectly says yes. And Jesus says, rise. Take up your bed and walk. 
If there was no faith in this man to believe what Jesus, the Son of God, had just said, why would he have bothered to get up? He would have asked another question. Well, well, sir, don't you know, can't you tell by looking at me that I'm paralyzed? And this is a lot of our responses to God today is, God, I understand what you're saying, but, yeah, but, and, and all God is saying is, rise, take up your bed and walk. I'm willing to do what your need is. I'm willing to answer you at the point of your need. All you have to do is have faith and believe that I will. This man in an instant said, you know what? I've been waiting on this water over here to move and get in it. I might as well take a moment and trust what this guy says and give it a shot. Man, God is calling out to you today. Do you want to be made well? The Jews asked this man a question when they see him carrying his bed. Man, I love his response. <laughs> Y'all, there's something that happened in this guy today. <laughs> and I just love his response. They said, hey, hey man, it's the Sabbath. You're not supposed to be carrying your bed around on the Sabbath. See, they had a very strict law about work. You couldn't even walk over a certain distance on the Sabbath. Hey, what are you doing carrying your bed around on the Sabbath? You shouldn't be doing that. Look at what he says. Y'all, this excites me. (laughs) He said, he who made me well said to me, take up your bed and walk. I think I'm going to do what he says. The man that just healed me, you understand, I ain't been able to walk for 38 years. He told me to get up and walk. I'm going to do what he said. It might be better to listen to God than to listen to men. And and you might be sitting here today and you've been in that same situation where all the circumstances said, hey, what are you doing? You shouldn't be doing that. The doctor might even say, no, that's not going to happen. You shouldn't be doing that. But Jesus, the King of kings, the Son of God, said, take up your bed, walk. Which one are you going to believe? Which one do you want to hear and respond to? Would you bother to get into the water? Y'all, I'm going to tell you there's times in my life where I wouldn't have even bothered. Hopelessness sets in. Hopelessness sets in. I don't know how long this man has sat by this pool waiting to get in, but he hadn't hit a point of hopelessness yet. He was still trying Y'all, are you still trying today? Or have you given up to hopelessness? Have you just given in and said, there's no point. I might as well not even try anymore. I've tried time and time again, and it's always been no. Maybe this is the day when you're going to make it into the pool. But I know this much. If you don't ever try to get into the pool, you'll never get anywhere. Why did Jesus only talk to this one man? If you go back and look, that that whole area was covered up by sick people. We don't hear any tale of them being healed. 
You know, there, there had to be at least one or two people that witnessed this man being healed. Why didn't they cry out at that point, Hey, would you heal me too? I'm right here, man. Heal me too while you're at it. Has hopelessness taken over today? Man, is, is that what your walk with God is? Is it hopelessness? That is not what Jesus came and died for. That is not what He sacrificed His life for. He didn't sacrifice His life for you to live a mediocre, meaningless, hopeless life. He wants you to have life and have it more abundantly. Matthew 5 and 6 says, Blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Hunger and thirst after righteousness. Let me ask y'all a question. What do you do when you're thirsty? Anybody? Anybody got an answer for me? You get something to drink, don't you? I asked some simple questions, y'all. I'm trying to keep it easy. <laughs> you get something to drink. What do you get to drink? It doesn't matter. <laughs> Whatever. You get something to drink, though, because you're thirsty. It's your body's way of saying, hey, you might need to get something to drink. We have learned to recognize that sign, man. As soon as, man, I'm kind of thirsty. I go get something to drink, don't I? Y'all, I mean, this is a very simple concept. Those that hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. It doesn't say it, maybe. Oh, that's a good start. We'll see what happens. No, He is willing right now. If you are hungry and thirsty for Him, come to Him and He will fill you. 2 Corinthians 3 and 17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. What's another word for liberty? Freedom. Not bondage. Not a hang-up. Not something that's going to hold me back. But where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Let me just give you... uh, a little brief illustration of that. As a preacher, I depend greatly upon God to do the work. And I, I, Don't get me wrong, I'm in no way trying to brag or anything to that. I'm, I'm not. I'm going to tell you, however good it is that I am, it's not me. Okay? You don't want to hear Kevin speak out of Kevin's own ability. It's miserable, boring, and you will all be asleep before it's over. I have at times been in a place that I needed to preach and there was no Spirit of God moving in this place. And in those kind of situations, there is no liberty. I don't have the freedom to speak like God would have me to speak. And that's why I pray every time before I preach, God, You come, You move, You do the work, because I know where He is, there is liberty. That is why we sing songs of praise before I preach, because I know where the Spirit of God is, there is liberty. 
Why do you think those men tried to get into the pool? They recognized that whatever is there, I know I can be healed. They wanted to get into that. Understand the water had nothing special about it. If it did, it would last more than one time each time this happened. They would be bottling that water and selling it even to this day if possible. But they recognized there was something different there and I'm here to tell you today that when the Spirit of God moves in whatever circumstance you have in your life, there is liberty then. You become freed from whatever had you held. <laughs> you don't hear me today. I've had so many times in my life, even in recent days, when, when man, I just felt... Oh, oh, just, you ever, you know what I'm, I can't even put that into words. You know what, what I'm talking about, where you just feel like, it's just tension, like you're just bound up, like I just don't even know what to do, I don't know how to respond, I hate the way I feel right now, I don't like it, and you just know stuff is not right. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I know it's not a great job of explaining it, but I hope somebody understands. Y'all, I, I ought to know this stuff. <laughs> I stand before you today as a very poor example of a Christian sometimes. I know who my God is. I know who I have believed in. And I'm persuaded that He is able to keep the things I commit unto Him against that day. That day that is coming. Y'all, we've got to build ourselves up on the Word. On our most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost, the Word tells us. And when we don't do that, when we separate ourselves from God, even to the point of, it's not like I'm rebelling. It's not like I don't want to talk to God anymore. I just don't. But when we separate ourselves, we get into a place where we're complacent, where, where we're apathetic, where we just don't want to see change in our life because we're so comfortable. And that is exactly the worst possible scenario for a child of God to put themselves into. And that's why I ask you that question. Would you bother to get into the water? Y'all, there's times in my life, and I, I'll be honest, some of them ain't been too far away. <laughs> when I just wouldn't have even bothered. What's the point? You may have even felt like that before you came to church this morning. What's the point? You may have felt like that before you even got dressed this morning. What's the point? It's just the same old thing every time. It's just the routine. And y'all, I'm going to tell you right now, if, if church is nothing but a routine to you, I don't blame you, man, because <laughs> I hate it. hate the routine. I hate the complacency. I hate just going through the motions because I have some certain expectation on me. You know what I mean? And, and we all feel that from time to time. I know there's <clears throat> been a point in your life that, that you said, I, you know, I just don't want to even go to church because I know people just expect me to be a certain way. I know people just have this certain expectation of me, and I just don't feel like it. I don't feel like that. I just, I just want to sit here, and I just want to, want to be what I feel right now. And, and God is calling out to you today. He's saying, he's saying, I know how you feel, and my desire for you is so much more than that. 
Y'all, I don't want my walk with God to be this expectation that has to be met all the time where I feel like something's just hammering on me and hammering on me, hammering on me. I want it to be liberty in Jesus Christ. I want to have this freedom that He talks about in His Word that when when I am feeling low, I can just call on Him and say, say, God, I don't know what I need, but I know You're involved in it. The only time we get to that sort of place, y'all, is when we withdraw. Understand, He does not withdraw from us. He never does. And, and, you know, it would be so easy for us to say, well, what about when I sin, when I do, you know, surely God's not involved in that. I'm, I'm here to tell you today, and when, when He saved you, He knew you were going to sin again. He was willing to take that on. See, we, we often look at our, our account as being uh, in bad standing until we were saved, and He knew about that, and He saved us, and then, and then whoa, what about all this? Now I've done messed up again, and God, God's going to have to forgive me and cleanse me before He'll ever have fellowship with me again. No, I'm here to tell you today, He wants you all the time. When, when you sin, He is just waiting. He's waiting. Call out to me, child. Come back to me right now. I know so many people right now that are hurting that they may be in a hospital themselves or know someone that is. I know one guy that his son... Tried to take his life. And it's not looking good. He's, he's been in a coma ever since. They're, they're still trying to determine if there's any brain activity. Uh, this man has sat by his son's side pretty much since that day happened. And man, he's, he's doing the best he can. He's, he's trying to stay strong. But y'all, you know our nature. Given an opportunity for hopelessness, we're going to find it. And I know it's coming for that guy at some point if he does not keep leaning on God. That's what happens. And, and, and that is a drastic situation. Probably in your life, it's nowhere near that big. But listen, in, in that situation, that young man saw hopelessness. He said, I've got to find a way out. His dad is sitting there without hopelessness, calling on the name of the Lord, asking that his son would be healed if at all it's in his will, if at all possible. We know it's possible, but sometimes God's got a different plan. Jesus cried the same thing from Gethsemane. Let's understand that because we want to discount sometimes uh, what God... Well, God just didn't answer prayer. No, God has a will. Jesus cried out the same thing. He said, Lord, if there's any other way, then let's do that. But no matter what it is, I want your will. We see a situation like this, sometimes we have to cry the same thing to God. We don't know what God's will is. It might be just that that's His will. But we have got to understand, no matter what our circumstance is, 
It doesn't matter if you know someone clinging to life that you're praying for. It doesn't matter if your whole family is in turmoil. It doesn't matter if your financial situation is horrible. It doesn't matter. We serve the same God. The God that has unlimited unlimited potential to impact you in your life. And He is waiting on you to call out to Him. It may require fasting and praying. It may require setting yourself apart from the world for a time. It doesn't matter what it takes. The question is still the same. Will you bother to get into the water? Jesus is asking you, This same simple question today. And it's so simple. Why is it our answer is not simple? The question he's asking you is, do you want to be made well? And I guarantee you, if he were standing right here today, and he asked you that question, you would have just as an indirect answer as that guy did. Why is that? For some reason, we, we set our eyes on all of the circumstances and the problems. We, we set our eyes and wrap our mind around all the things that we can try to understand and contain within ourselves. And he's not interested in all that. You see, when a doctor asks you that question, it's a completely different answer. When the doctor asks you that question, he's looking at the problem and he's trying to figure out what can we do to treat this person. Jesus is looking at your situation today and he's saying, I can fix that. Do you want to be made well? I can do that. The doctor's not doing that. A doctor looks at your illness and, and he says, well... We've got this treatment we could try. Uh, I've seen a lot of good response from this type of, type of treatment. Uh, we might try this over here. There is never a surefire fix with a doctor. They're doing the best they can. I'm not trying to knock any, any doctors. I'm saying that's all they're doing is the best they can. You understand that his best is a whole lot better than theirs? His best is a whole lot better than yours? How many of y'all have had a situation in your life you've tried to fix, and that, how did that work out for you? Usually not very well. You might have got lucky a time or two, right? I, mean, I know people that try to fix debt problems by gambling. Every now and then that'll work out. But the odds are not in your favor. But when Jesus looks at you, He looks at your situation, and He says, Do you want to be made well? First of all, he already knows the answer to the problem. He's just trying to get you to come to the realization of what that answer is. Obviously, you want to be made well. But you understand, between your answer of yes and his question is this huge gulf that we dump ourselves into all the time because we want to stop and examine all of the parts of the problem and what could be done to fix it. And then if we, you know, if we had the opportunity, we'd probably like to make a suggestion to him about what he might could do about it. Am I speaking the truth this morning, anybody? All right. 
So let's keep it simple. How about that? Jesus says, do you want to be made well? What does that mean in your life? It doesn't matter. I don't care if it's physical, spiritual, emotional, financial. Uh, your house is on fire. It, it doesn't matter what it is. He's asking you today, do you want to be made well? Let's skip over all the nonsense. Let's skip over all of our questions and our explanations and, and our yeah, but. And just say, yes, Lord. Because, see, we have this privilege today that this man did not have, but he took advantage of anyway. We have this privilege today of knowing who Jesus is. We know what he's capable of. We know who his father is and who our father is. We know that he has been given all authority over heaven and earth. That the very creation that he spoke into existence responds to his words. Hmm? Y'all, he didn't walk up to the tomb of Lazarus and, and mix some potions together or, or rattle off some sort of chant or... He didn't do any kind of special concoction or work out some sort of mathematic formula. What did he do? He said, Lazarus, come forth. Well, that's all you're going to do. It's kind of anticlimactic, isn't it? Until Lazarus comes out. And then it's like... Just like the disciples on the boat says, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the waves answer to him? Y'all, you need to get some understanding of who Jesus is today before you answer that question. Because when you realize that he is the one that says, peace, be still. And man, I overemphasize that, I think. We feel like we've got to say it with authority. Y'all, he, just, he said, peace, be still. Why? Because he's God. <laughs> so before you answer that question, remember that. He's God. And if he's asking you, do you want to be made well? It's because he's got the answer to your problem. Y'all, he wouldn't ask you if he didn't. <laughs> he wouldn't even offer it up. His promises are true. His word is true. He's super faithful. You'll never find anybody that's more faithful. And he would not say it if he wasn't planning to answer it. 